Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and all of my baggage droppers around the world, welcome to another episode of the Drop Your Baggage Podcast, where we talk to people that are dope, that can bring you hope, and show you a technique that can help you cope. I am your host, the self-talk engineer, the undefeated, undisputed self-talk engineer, Charles Woolfork. And if you are right here, right now, listening to this show or watching the show, please consider hitting the like and subscribe button. And if you're on the podcast platform, Give a brother five stars and some feedback as well. Now, right here today, we have the doctor right here. And I'm not talking about Dr. Pepper. I'm talking about Dr. Michelle Finan. Now, Dr. Finan lives in India Atlantic, and she is a licensed mental health counselor with a PhD in clinical sexology, bound chicka, wow, wow, love coach. And she is a pleasure advocate and an international speaker. And most of all, she's just a really, really awesome lady. Ladies and gentlemen, I bring to you Dr. Michelle Finan. What's up, doc? What is up? I'm going to need you to do all my intros from here on out. I'm sure you're used to it by now, with you being this international speaker and everything. I mean, I mean, you know. <laughs> you know. Hey, so man, you have a shit ton of <laughs> education and you just have a shit ton of experience with so many things. So like take us back. Where did it all begin? How did it all start? Please Ooh, tell us tell me for, the story. Walk we're going to start with hello. Hello. Here. We're starting with the very beginning. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, so well, I guess it really does it does go back to the beginning. So it started with who I am and mm -hmm. then it guided me from there on out. So I was born the day I was born. Mm. Um, I was born with a brittle bone disease called osteogenesis imperfecta. Mm -hmm. And it's categorized as a rare disease. So it's it's something that even doctors today don't really know what I'm talking about sometimes mm -hmm. when when they come in contact with me. So that in and of itself, just like the rare disease world is it's a unique lived experience. Mm -hmm. And nobody in my family had OI. So my parents didn't know either. And because I have a mild form of it, it, it went unnoticed for a little bit until around the age of two where I had like my second fracture. My first one, it was like, oh, okay, like an accident, all right. right. Second one, it's like, all right, well, what's going on mm -hmm. here exactly? Mm -hmm. And luckily we were, my parents were directed in the right, you know, to the right doctor who happened to know about OI and be able to diagnose me wow. even without genetic testing and all of that. So, you know, my life could have been very different because mm. today as an adult and as a parent, I know that many people who went through this experience and child protective services are called, kids are taken away. So, you know, very, very blessed that that was the direction, yeah. right? So I get this diagnosis and you know, I continue to break. I've, I've had about 30 something fractures, several major surgeries, mm -hmm. um, including spinal fusion surgeries. And I was in a wheelchair until my junior year of high school mm -hmm. and used walkers and canes and all of that just kind of going through life and that experience of growing up with a disability really affected the way i viewed myself mm -hmm. it affected how i my self-worth mm -hmm. how i interacted with other people and it really impacted the way that i viewed love and relationship and you know that's a a human thing we want to be with Dude. other humans and interact Dude. with them and i really believe that that was kind of just going to keep me from having love. Mm. And so that shaped the way I dated. It shaped the way I talked to people because I didn't think that I was ever going to have that because right. of who I was. Like right. specifically all of this mm -hmm. was just way too much for anybody to ever accept in love and all of that. Right. And um, it wasn't in until I really did shift that perspective and decide you know what like i'm i need to live this life and have the most fun i'm here for fun i'm here for love and if yeah. i'm gonna have love i need to be love and i can't be sitting here waiting for it to come to me like i need to be that energy and so it wasn't yeah. until i started embodying that that people are drawn to that because of course people are drawn to that yeah so like 
how old were you when this happened and then what sparked it? I would say that I was in college. <clears throat> mm-hmm. I because you know, I I was in a wheelchair until my junior year of high school. Then mm-hmm. I used a walker, you know, graduated, go to college. And I was able to pull off this like illusion of like passing in the able-bodied world where I had friends that didn't even know that I had a disability. And I met people that like, I would never tell that to. And I just yeah. thought like, okay, I mean, I could just hide it for the rest of my life. Like yeah. that's completely logical. We're gonna do that road, <laughs> right? Yeah. And so I did that for a little bit until I got in a car accident my first year Mm. and broke my leg and it threw me right back into the wheelchair which was an extremely like traumatizing feeling yeah like the car accident in and of itself traumatic of course but because of all of the layers that of like what that experience meant to me mm-hmm. i was like i can't do i can't do college my parents were like okay we'll come and get you and wow. i was like i can't do it I can't I'm like it was earth shattering life changing for me so mm-hmm. they came and they picked me up and they were like we'll take you home now I only need a week needed a weekend to get over that <laughs> thank god <laughs> you know thank yeah. god I was like okay I think I'm I think I'm ready to go back and try this <laughs> but supportive parents who were willing to you know drive three hours come get me drive three hours back and then at the end of the weekend <laughs> drive my ass back yeah and 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 I had to deal with it, and you ha- you know you have to feel that to heal it, right? Yeah. And I just decided, like, what are you gonna do, Michelle? You're gonna move back in with your parents and like <laughs> quit school, right. right? Right. Never meet anyone because you know, like, they're not gonna let you go out. <laughs> <laughs> Where do you have more freedom? Yeah. Michelle? Yeah. So I I went back to it and. It's interesting though, because like I don't even know that many of my friends would know that these thoughts were going on in my head. Mm-hmm. They might not have even known that I was like quitting school, leaving school, because I came back, you yeah. know, that weekend. So even hearing this would probably be surprising. Um, and that kind of speaks to that I'm gonna hide my feelings part that I truly believed in, where. It was like, I'm not gonna tell my friends that this is going on. I'm not gonna really share my feelings because I learned from such a young age that when I'm hurting, that hurts other people Mm. because my parents would be distraught. And I know that now, like as a parent myself, that they're hurting because they love me. But in my child brain, that was like, they're hurting and I did that. You know, right, and there's right. just so much guilt around that. Mm-hmm. So anyway, flash flash back to me going back to school. I decided in that moment, like, I, I can't be living like this mm-hmm. anymore where because I'm in my wheelchair again. I'm not talking to people. I'm, sh- I'm that shy girl again mm-hmm. that I once was mm-hmm. embarrassed of just existing. Right. Feeling too much, feeling very different. Yeah. And um i was like no this whole shame thing like i got a taste of living without it yeah and i'm i want that i'm right. i'm choosing that right and i decided in that moment like that was gone and i needed to take action mm-hmm. to show myself and to live as if mm-hmm. i wasn't in the chair and that's really what i did wow and I met people and I was more open about who I was and I was I was telling people about what was going on with me. Yeah. And long story short, I would date finally. Mm-hmm. I would go out. I had friendships, supportive friendships, mm-hmm. and I ended up meeting my husband in college. Oh. That's and, awesome. Yeah. And he, I, you know, I tried to even sabotage that. I was like, okay, I'm not going to tell him. <laughs> yeah. And then, I, uh, and then I would tell him and he'd be like, okay, that's, yeah. that's not a big deal. And I was like, hmm, okay. <laughs> so poor guy doesn't even realize how big of a deal this is. Yeah. You know, because yeah. you feel like your stuff is just so undeniably um, disgusting sometimes that you wouldn't even want to show it for sure like you know everybody has their fair share of baggage it may not be 
you know, a, a bone, um, a developmental disability. However, you know, it could be the guilt that you carry over or the shame that you carry over from things that you've done in the past yeah. may be the trauma that you have because of the childhood that you have had. I mean, maybe the hurt and disappointment that you have suffered from throughout your whole life that you bring into all of that. And you don't want to push that on to somebody. You don't want right. to bring that to the table. You want right. you want to have this like enlightened like uh terrific superhero of a person be uh, that person that that you know falls in love with you you know right but right. um but right. it's 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 not that at all everybody has everybody has their baggage everybody has their shit right you know and the more transparent that we are about our stuff about you know, ourselves, mm -hmm. the more respected we'll become and the more trusted we'll be in a relationship as well. Right. And yeah. so in, in showing up authentically yeah. with friends, with people I was dating, yeah. with relationships that I had, people could trust me. Mm -hmm. And it, it was in that time that, and I'd always been that person that would listen to other people because I knew what it felt like to be yeah. in pain. Yeah. And I didn't want that for anyone. And people would probably gravitate towards me thinking like, well, she, she's seeing some shit. So I could probably talk about my <laughs> stuff with her. You know? So I've been that for so long. And um, I went to school for art actually. Mm -hmm. And I ended up taking a few psychology classes, couldn't mm -hmm. get enough, and then landed in this space of counseling. And you know, been a therapist now for over a decade hey. and um, really ended up going into this realm of intimacy and mm -hmm. relationship and um, just coaching in that arena yeah. because of my story and how people feel like they are unlovable yeah and how do we shift that because i mm. know that to not that's just not a truth yeah yeah so i'm passionate Oof. about helping people see their potential in in love and their ability to to be loved including be loved by themselves so okay all right all right with like the whole sexuality piece Mm -hmm. what made what drew you towards that towards mm -hmm. you know uh getting a, a phd in clinical sexology and just studying sexology in general yeah so you well as you said it's like you got a lot of education here i'm a forever learner i'm That's like even even though i have a phd i'm like mm, what's a second phd if i was gonna <laughs> look at one you know i just am a consumer of information yeah. and that probably stems from a, a place of obviously having Having a brittle bone disease, there's a level of like, I'm always seeking safety. Mm. And I feel like safety with your body, but then also there's a safety in knowing a lot, mm -hmm. you know? Mm. Um, and, and so I like to know, I like to figure things out. I'm, I like to know a lot and I'm yeah. intrigued by a lot of different things. So, but I, there's a couple of things that led me into sexology. One. I was working in psychosocial rehabilitation mm -hmm. with um, doing groups for people who had pretty, they were experiencing pretty extreme um, symptoms of mental illness. Mm -hmm. And that was me being thrown in there as a little baby therapist. I look back <laughs> to those times and I'm like, oh, I could do so much more help now, <laughs> you know, just knowing what I know now. Mm. but. Um, a lot of the trauma that was discussed with me mm -hmm. involved sexual trauma, and I didn't feel like I was capable of supporting them mm. in, in that. Mm -hmm. And so I wanted more information. Mm -hmm. Like, how, how does that, how does sexual trauma in particular shape the way we show up in relationships in in our world um and how how is that like specific trauma affecting all of these different things because I'm, i look for patterns and there was just a pattern of that being present in in a lot of people's stories that they would share with me so when you say sexual trauma are you talking about the type that's like consensual to where you know um you know they might be with a, a partner and the partner does something that um they might necessarily not 
they might not necessarily like or is it more of the molestation not, and sexual right, abuse right sexual abuse non-consensual um mm-hmm. and and often childhood trauma yeah yeah um so and again it was it was a a thought of i'm interested in that piece mm. another part of it is the whole relationship of disability and being a sexual being Mm -hmm. the two are often not talked about in the same conversation yeah so first of all people don't like talking about sex here i mean they do (laughs) but they don't yeah yeah yeah, there's a level of discomfort yeah people are surely uncomfortable talking about disability Mm -hmm. and i like talking about the things that people don't like talking about. <laughs> you are the so, master of taboo over here. Right? I love it. So I'm <laughs> I'm drawn to the like, well, what are we pretending is not really happening here? Yeah. And how can we talk about those things? Mm-hmm. How do we I like having hard conversations, mm-hmm. in, including for myself, which is why I was so like jazzed up about this conversation, because I I love the the deep dive and and the unknown. Like, mm-hmm. let's just go with it. Like how fun is that? <laughs> I know, right? And then, like they were saying with the tagline, it's like, always got to be fun, right? <laughs> I'm yes. here for, that's the goal. I'm yes. here to have some fun. That's so right. how do we make this fun? Mm-hmm. Um, but so the whole sex and disability conversation was one that I wanted to have too. Mm. Um, and so I went and I got my PhD and I ended up writing my dissertation on sex and disability, the art of creative positioning, and just talking about how, because disability is not discussed, people with disabilities are not even thinking they can have sex, because that's quite literally what a lot of people that I work with are told, whether or not they have, they are born with a disability or or it's an acquired disability. Um, so I want to spread the word that you can still have sex. (laughs) You can still have fun. You can still have pleasure and an intimacy. And that's really where I, I like to hang out in conversations about that. Yo, yo, I, (laughs) I got to tell you about my first experience with an individual with disabilities. Oh, I'm here for this story. So, um, when I was in, so the family, our family business is caring for individuals with developmental disabilities. And yeah, yeah, I love it. And um, we first, we first started, I first started with my cousins, Dante and Kyle, and they got me on in this uh, Catholic organization. And what I would do when I was 18 years old, I was go to this like home, this group, this house with a bunch of rooms and a bunch of guys would stay in there. And um, we would just take care of them in the morning to to, to make sure they, that they slept well. And in the morning we cook for them, make sure they're all cleaned up and then they go off to work. Well, one of the guys was a paraplegic Mm -hmm. and uh, really he was about probably in his late 20s and he would talk to me on some crazy stuff mm-hmm. about him, him, he and his experiences with his girlfriend and he said that he would eat his girl out all my is that the technical term that you know no I'm just kidding. <laughs> to all my to all my uh listeners out there this is totally like not what you come I don't know what yeah you you're welcome is, is what you mean to say yes this is happening you're welcome listeners this is happening so he we're would, going like so the individual would tell me about his the oral sex that he would have with his partner who is also an individual with disability uh she's also a paraplegic so he said that they were allowed to be put on the same bed but not in any sexual positions Mm -hmm. and then they were allowed to position like like to wiggle themselves to where he could give her oral sex i was mind blown y'all was like yo like Mm -hmm. y'all do that he's like yeah we do that like i mean oh people will do it like Bro, that's wild. It, it blew my mind. I couldn't believe it. I couldn't. Oh, my gosh. Where there's a will, there is a way. <laughs> yeah, there is, you know? Oh, my gosh. And, yes. and I'm on the whole, you know, I think it's like, well, why couldn't they even be supported in more than just <laughs> let me place you at the end of this one and like I, try to make it there. And if you can't, it was, like, a, they, it was a Catholic organization. Right, right, right. 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 Yeah, well, I, mean, I don't even know if they were supposed to be doing that. Well, whoever did it, God bless them. <laughs> bless them indeed. Because <laughs> Peace be real, with love. <laughs> All love right there. Uh, um, okay. All right. So like, like, what is the main thing that you want people to know? What is your message? Your main mm, message? That, that love is 
is possible for everyone everyone we are love you know and mm -hmm. i think at some things happen that we disconnect from that and life experiences make us believe that to not be the truth mm -hmm. and it and it absolutely is the truth. And I've felt that life of not believing it. Mm -hmm. And and I work with people today who are who are in that space of like, I don't even, I still kind of don't believe it. And I'm like, I get that, you know? And, and I think what you know more than all of us too, is that if we think a certain way for X a number of years here, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We've got great skill at believing in that and, and leaning on that thought process. Mm -hmm. So the, the fact that we want to shift it might not feel like enough to actually get that shift. And that's yeah. what I'm like looking at today with this. It's like, how do we go from this habit, really, mm -hmm. this path in the brain mm -hmm. that has been so entrenched? Mm -hmm. And how do we take the, the desire to have a new thought about love, about mm -hmm. self-worth, about what is possible in the realm of intimacy, relationship, connection, and how do we make that be the one that ends up flourishing and that's what i like to help people with how do you help someone break that habit that like negative internal conversation yeah so i mean i love to hear the stories right mm -hmm. of of being able to help identify where what thought is this like even when you and i were talking it's like mm -hmm. what feeling is attached to this right. thought right what is your greatest fear about like if if this were to be true mm -hmm. like what's the what's the fear about mm -hmm. that you know mm -hmm. what is the worst case scenario here mm -hmm. what do you need to be true um and then what actions can you take in order to start being able to see that um but it's a lot of getting also in touch with your body and how trauma lives in the body mm. talk more because about that I'm sorry. Yeah. No, yeah. So, so trauma, it's like the body remembers what the mind forgets. Mm -hmm. And so there, there are these beliefs that live within us energetically that even in your head, you could want to shift it, but it's like your body is so used to that being the truth that mm -hmm. you're feeling that. And, and so how do we make that connection back with the body? Um, for some people who have had like physical trauma in the body, mm -hmm. they feel safer living in their head. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I mean, I know that to be true of myself, even in dealing with just chronic pain and disability. Yeah. Like I don't, I don't always feel, I don't feel like my body is super safe. <laughs> and so I don't necessarily want to hang out there all the time. Mm -hmm. I love to be super cerebral and, and do all of the things, but just because I love that and I have found that to be super effective in mm -hmm. not feeling pain, mm -hmm. I'm also missing out on being able to be in touch with my intuition right. to have that inner knowing because that's an inner getting like into your heart yeah. Um, to trust that mm. what the truth is. Mm -hmm. So I go there with people and help them reestablish trust and and I'd love to know more about how you do that too. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, yeah. We're going to. We're going to find out in like a, a, yeah. couple, a couple minutes. No worries. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, can we rush it to the part where? <laughs> <laughs> right. That's yeah. my least. You say like with your mission, mm. you know, and making sure that people feel love. Mm -hmm. What's something simple that they can do at home right now that could help them with that? Mm, I love that. So, and, and this has been a journey even for myself. Mm-hmm because like I shared with you, I, I felt like I was needing, like I was thrown back into triggers mm -hmm. this past two weeks, which kind of have, has made me forget what to do. Mm. And so I was like, oh, well, what, what can someone do? Well, what am I doing? Um, I'm doing all of the wrong things. <laughs> No, mm. not not in a judgmental way, but yeah. in, in looking at it objectively, I'm like, you're doing all of the things that are 
dependency based mm. and fear based instead mm -hmm. of love based. So what we might be doing is reaching out to other people for feedback, mm -hmm. um, doing everything we can, bending over backwards, people pleasing, um, all of these things, chasing in order to get love. Yeah. But it's leaning back, it's receiving, yeah. it's going inward, yeah. it's nurturing yourself, mm -hmm. which gets what you're looking for. So it's it's almost like doing the opposite of what the fearful mind wants to do. 100%. So reflecting on what am I currently doing? So that, that could be one small action that could even happen for someone today. Mm -hmm. What am I, in what ways am I currently trying to bring more love into my life? Mm -hmm. In what ways might those be fear-based? Mm -hmm. And then what's the opposite action of that and what feels better? Wow. Wow. That's a good one. Yeah. And having honest conversations with yourself about that. Ooh, that's the hard part. That's the hard part. That's the hardest part right yeah. there. Because it's so easy to lie to yourself. It's so easy to bullshit yourself. You know, it's, it's, it's easy to say, you know what, I'm doing fine. Or, you know, give yourself a little slack or this, that, and the other. Mm -hmm. But to really say, hey, you know what, you're better than this. Or to say, you know what, you can say, give yourself a, a bit of slack. You know what I mean? Don't be so right. hard on yourself. Grace, grace yeah. upon grace. And even like for me, knowing that I am, you have, you, it's almost like, let's look at your trauma response and then yeah. that will tell you what you're doing. So if you're a people pleaser, I give everybody else grace. Mm -hmm. So that, guess what? I gotta be doing that for myself, mm -hmm. you know? So it's looking at how do you respond? And then that's, that's what you can do. I think you got to, I think you're on point with the, the self-reflection part and notice and having empathy for yourself mm -hmm. and others. That's the biggest thing that uh, I think that we could do for each other to make sure that we love and accept ourselves mm. and also just realize we're all doing the best that we can with yeah. the resources and consciousness that we have. And we're all doing the best that we can with the trauma that we got too, yo. Mm -hmm. Like our trauma comes up in so many different ways yeah. and realizing how your trauma comes up like you have and also mm -hmm. realizing that you're doing the best that you can, no matter what, no matter what situation comes up, you're doing the best that you can because it's, it's what you did. Right, you right, know? right. And, right. and accepting who you are and also striving to, to be your best, knowing that you you can be better and that you have done better in other situations yeah. and then applying the same strategy or principles or elements of what you did at your very best to everything else in your life. Yeah. And and also with with that, I think sometimes we feel like, OK, I have to do all of this on my own. I have to mm. get better, especially yeah. when it comes to people looking for love and relationships. Mm -hmm. There's this belief of like, let me let me go over here, fix myself mm -hmm. and then I'll start like looking for a relationship. But sometimes we don't learn how to love ourselves differently until we're in a relationship because mm. That's the only, that's how we learn how to love, you yeah. know, and if you're, if you've only experienced love a certain way, it's, it's, you don't have to do it alone. Yeah, that's, that's, that's a tricky part right there. Because like me personally, I, the only way that I dealt with my trauma, or, and the only way that I dealt with my loneliness and my, you know, self-worth issues is by dating right. and when i went out and dated i hurt others throughout my path <laughs> um and even with my ex-wife i i hurt her as well and yet all of those things and all of those situations that accumulated and as i learned from all those things now i'm able to treat my girlfriend like right. a freaking goddess right you see, you right. see it's it's um learning what love languages are learning how to be transparent learning how to communicate learning about boundaries mm, um boundaries. accepting yes yes <laughs> um mm -hmm. it's 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 learning how to do all these things over time that have now turned me into this boyfriend that i think she appreciates and yeah. loves you yeah, know, yeah. it definitely can't take that time. You definitely can't get the reps in. But yeah. also things are, but it's, it's, a, it's a tricky part though, because yo, you don't like, there's a lot of heartache and BS on the way 
to becoming that person that you want to become, to becoming that partner that you want to become. So that's that's what I'm like, yo, do you work on yourself? Is it the car? It's like, is it the chicken or the egg? Do you want to work on yourself and then go into love? Or do you want to work, you know, go into love as you work on yourself? Different people are going to need to pump the brakes or push on the accelerator. Yeah, yeah. You know? So it sounds like you were you accelerated you threw yourself into the dating yeah where where pumping the brakes maybe might have been helpful to you right Right. whereas i work a lot with i work with both people but i'm seeing people who are like uh it's not safe enough for me to put my foot on the gas yet Mm. and i'm like we're not in the car yet let's get in the car (laughs) you know so it's it's really like looking at pacing yeah. and, and it's not going to be a one size fits all for anyone Definitely being not. able to work through that with someone who can support you yeah. in, in seeing what your needs are and where you want to go. And then mapping a course with you is so helpful. Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. You're, it's very fortunate for you to run into your love so fast. Like how Which long- is so funny. Cause I did not feel like it was fast. It felt like an eternity of turmoil until yeah. I met this man. <laughs> mm. <laughs> an so you, eternity of turmoil. So you dated a lot in high school. I did not. I was like, it was an eternity of loneliness let's be clear i see there was no dating yeah there was none of that until i got to college and then i was like i guess i'm gonna slam my foot on the accelerator now and then i was like i'm dating everyone (laughs) there's a lot of meeting people yeah conversation (laughs) you know Hey, but bro. um, how fortunate yeah. are you? How fortunate yeah. are you to, to have found love and like your forever love like that? Mm-hmm. That's pretty freaking awesome. You didn't kiss, have to kiss when too you're many frogs. ready. <laughs> when I kiss a lot of frogs, <laughs> but but when it's this feeling of like when you're ready to receive it. Yeah. And man, I probably would have rolled my eyes so hard if I was hearing someone say this and I so, was in that space of not having it, mm, you know, because I was just like, oh, OK, that's for you and not me. And right. that belief I can connect with instantly because I, I felt it so hard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but in doing the action that I just talked about yeah. and decide and choosing myself, I was able to receive love Amen. from other people. Amen. And that's, that's the work. It's yeah. hard to do. Yeah. It's also hard to not do. Yeah. You have to choose your hard. It's hard to do anything despite your fears. Ugh. And as a fearful person, mm. like I, yeah. Like not just the world isn't safe, but my body isn't safe. Yeah. No, like that's... quite literally yeah. not safe. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like nothing is safe. But if I but I could view yeah. the world like that. Yeah. Or I can start seeing that there are people who can be my safe haven and, yeah. and I can connect with them. I go places now and I feel the energy of people that like, like I had clients that I would do a group session with. Mm-hmm. I ran a group for all males who were just out of jail and prison. They mm-hmm. had a dual diagnosis of mental illness and addiction. Mm-hmm. And I'm in a room with them sitting there. Now, some people would not feel safe. Mm. I felt the safest in there because mm. I I was open heart. Yeah. And they could feel that. Yeah. And they felt that I cared about them. Yeah. And they and they would protect they would do anything for me. Mm-hmm. Because they knew that that I was there to help them too. Yeah. And so I think being when we stop guarding our heart so much, we're able to find safety, mm. which is against the grain. <laughs> you want to shield the heart for safety, yeah. Yeah. but it's it's taking down the walls that make you feel safe. It's mm. just wild. Yeah, it's yeah, that wild is a, a definitely a good word for it. It's like, yo, it's totally contradictory to how you feel. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and what your intuition says, quite honestly, right. <laughs> but right. it's the, it's the very best move to be uh, transparent, to be authentic, to open your heart to everything. Every situation is, is the only way to really, to experience life and be totally present. To be, to be able to experience and receive, yeah. to receive, you yeah. know, yeah. Real talk. but in safety, there's, mm-hmm. there's safety in being yourself 
And I don't think people feel that often because of the trauma that we experience. So it's it's like going against what the trauma brain is telling you. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. And speaking of trauma, we came here to get rid of some trauma on the Drop Your Baggage podcast. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> like that segue. The, uh, uh-huh. We are going to be getting rid of some trauma uh, with the mental and emotional release process. It's a neuro-linguistic programming technique. I'm going to talk to the audience real quick. Hey, you guys out there. How you doing? Not just kidding. Hey, if you want to experience the mental and emotional release process, if you have something that you have been carrying around for years, decades that you want to get rid of, if you have a fear, a fear of abandonment, a fear of judgment, a fear of the unknown, a fear of rejection, whatever your fear may be, you can get rid of it like that. Uh, if you are just ready for change and you know that you need to get yourself out of your own way first, go ahead, go to charleswolfwork.com. There's a form on the front, fill out the form, go ahead and schedule your own appointment with me so we can go ahead and get rid of any and all of those things that's been bugging you. Once again, charleswolfwork.com, hit me up. Now with you, Dr. Michelle, uh, I want to let you know that I am not a psychologist. I'm not a therapist. I'm not any of those things that you have. I'm not the PhD and all that stuff. I am a hypnotherapist that loves helping people get rid of their baggage. Just boom. Ah, boom. What else do you need? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Today, we are going to be getting rid of the negative emotion of guilt. Mm, yes, how's, please. How's, how's I'm guilt? All in. How's guilt? And, and not guilty pleasures. Like no, chocolate. no, 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 no. <laughs> but guilt. Um, mm. how, um, how has guilt been affecting you lately? Man, it's lately, especially, I feel ever present. It's one of those ones that I can get in check. And then when I'm thrown into like the tougher tests, like when it comes to people that I really love and I I get into this space of, I need to abandon myself, lose myself, abandon all boundaries, completely devote my all to rescuing. And if I don't, then I don't love them. Mm. If I don't do and meet every need that they seem to have, Mm -hmm. and this may very well be my expectation. Um, if I'm not being all to all people, all Mm. of a sudden, then it, then it spills into, I need to be all for all people. Mm. And then I'm teaching dependence really instead of love. So Mm. I, I get into a space of if then I I feel guilty because I can't be that because I'm not a superhero because I'm actually human. (laughs) And I'm like, what? And I know that and I appreciate and love humanness in other people. Yeah. But when it starts, when my humanness starts to show, I freak out and feel guilty about it. What's the internal dialogue like when you Mm -hmm. are freaking out? They need me. You are letting them down. Mm -hmm. You need to save them. If you don't, you will lose them. And then you'll have to feel guilty for the rest of your life. Mm. It's very extreme. Like this guilt is going to be with you for the rest of your life and you'll never forgive yourself. It goes from zero to a hundred real quick. Yeah. Yo, the, how does it feel in your body? It's very midline, which tells me like, okay, hello, trauma. Nice (laughs) to see you again. (laughs) My heart hurts. My Mm. heart physically hurts. It is my whole body and chest is constricted. Mm -hmm. I can't breathe. I feel like I'm going to pass out. I feel sick to my stomach. Mm. I'm not eating, which that's your surefire (laughs) sign that something's wrong around here. When I'm like, I'm not even hungry. I completely forgot to eat. Oh no. Like what's going on? Yeah. That's when you know something's (laughs) up with me. (laughs) But yeah um which relationships do it does it affect um it shows up for people that interestingly enough i want to say can make me feel guilty which is silly to say because Mm -hmm. people can't make you feel but it it feels like it's the people that um push on that like they show up in a dependence so it's but it's people that i care about so Mm -hmm. family Mm -hmm. even friends it 
clients sometimes mm -hmm. it's easier for me to set that with clients because yeah. professionally i have that but when i'm when i i notice when i'm in overwhelm i find it difficult to do even then right. and that's when i'm like i gotta get my shit together here because <laughs> it's not serving anyone yeah yeah. You know? and, yeah and it's and it's interesting too because even there was a part of me that's like well you can't say all of this on a podcast so that people know that you're human mm -hmm. because you're supposed to be this superhuman that they can go to. And then immediately I was like, no, no, I need every client to know mm -hmm. that I'm human because if not, they are going to show up wanting to have a dependence on me. Mm -hmm. And then I'm, and then I'm hand feeding someone as opposed to teaching them how to fish. Oof. And I cannot be doing that. Right. Because when I'm hand feeding over here, this one's crying. And then I'm hand feeding over here and that one's crying. And yeah. then it's, I'm making no one happy, including myself. And that's not love. Wow. Wow. That's deep. Oh, yeah. Let's, let's, let's get rid of it. Let's get rid let's of it today. Do it. All faster. right. There's <laughs> <laughs> three things that we need to do in order for you to get rid of the, uh, to get rid of this uh, negative emotion and have a profound experience. Number one, you got to use your imagination. Done. Number two, you have to follow directions just like you follow a good recipe or Google Maps. Done. And number three, you have to trust the process. Know that I'm your guide and I'll be leading you through this easily and effortlessly. And I come from a place of love and high vibration. I feel that. So I'm oh. all in. Awesome. Thank you. And you will have to have empathy and compassion for every single person in your life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. E easy task. Easy, easy, actually. <clears throat> Very good. We have to create your timeline. Your past can be to your left, to your right, or behind you. If you were to know, where's your past? To your left, to your right, or behind? Hmm. Left. Where's your future? <laughs> right, but forward? Is Sounds that... <laughs> good. Yeah, that's fine. I, I... Oh, okay. I'm like, is <laughs> yeah. it supposed to be just right or that's left? That's called your okay. intuition that just answered that. <laughs> you see? Oh. <laughs> okay. Okay. Try that on for size. I'm trying it. Right. <laughs> Is it all right with your unconscious mind for you to release this guilt today and for you to be aware of it consciously? Yes. Awesome. What is the root cause of this problem? The first event, which when disconnected, that will cause this problem to disappear. If you were to know, when was the first time that you felt guilt between the ages of birth and seven? Oh, gosh. I want to say birth, but there, <laughs> I don't even like... Yeah, I don't know if we're going to go esoteric. Let's Are go. we going to do prenatal? Because, <laughs> um, What's, why do you say birth? I guess because, ooh, I don't know, the, this inner knowing of like, I'm going to mess up your perfect world. You just, that just came to you just now? Yeah. All right. Sad, but yeah, that came. Why is that sad? I don't know. Like, oh, baby shouldn't be thinking that. Uh, oh, oh, yeah. It's... I don't know. It's, okay, we'll it's whatever. It. Yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure. Like, um, I think that that if anybody needs empathy and compassion, it's yourself towards that little mm -hmm. girl. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And when's the next time that you felt um, guilt between the ages of birth and seven? I feel like it, it was just an all the time thing. Yeah, yeah. Like a, a daily thing. Okay. Yeah. So especially anytime I was injured, which was mm, quite often. Right. Okay. Okay. Totally understand. Cause you first got injured when you were two, right? Yeah. Yeah. It might've even been like one and a half. Right. Right. What I want you to do uh, is I want you to get rid of as many triggers as possible within this process. So every event that you visit is a trigger that you're releasing. Every event that you visit is a, um, as a breakthrough, a major breakthrough that you're having at that moment. So make sure that you visit as many events as possible so we can release as many triggers and have as many breakthroughs as possible. And I'll give you the signal when to do that, when the time is right, just follow directions. Got it. Right. Awesome. Awesome. Now with that, you can go ahead and close your eyes and relax and let me know when you're ready for the process. I'm ready. Awesome. Now, just imagine floating outside of your body as if though you were a spirit or energy. And just imagine seeing yourself right here, right now from a third person point of view. Imagine your leather chair, the lamp to your right, the window to your left, the, the screen in front of you, your turtleneck sweater. Let me know when you can see yourself from a third person point of view. I do. Awesome. Now, just imagine floating up above your timeline and float to the left into the past. Float deeper and deeper and deeper into the past above that first event in which you felt guilt when you were just a baby. And just imagine seeing that baby. Imagine hovering above that event, floating above that event and seeing it like a fly on the wall. Let me know when you're there. Yep. Awesome. 
Now, just stay right there, seeing yourself from a third person point of view, like a fly on the wall, and just ask your unconscious mind what it needs to learn from the event. The learning of which will allow you to let go of the emotions easily and effortlessly. Your unconscious mind can preserve the learnings so that if you need them in the future, they'll be there. Just tell your unconscious mind to preserve the learning. This is an exercise of forgiveness and acceptance. Forgiveness for yourself and others and acceptance of yourself and others. Who do you have to forgive? What do you have to accept? Who do you have to accept? Make sure that you have compassion and empathy for yourself and your mom and your dad and everyone else. Make sure that you realize the consciousness that they have at that moment. And as you do so, focus your attention upon how hurt people hurt people. We're all doing the best that we can with the resources and consciousness that we have. We can't control anyone else's actions, but we can control our response. We can grow stronger and wiser and learn from other people's actions and mistakes. Other people's actions have nothing to do with you. It's only a reflection of their baggage and whatever they're going through at the time. And we're better people than we were when those events occurred. You're a better person than you were when those events occurred. What something positive and empowering. You can tell yourself as that little girl and your mom and dad and everyone else involved in the event with the consciousness that you have today that will allow the emotions to evaporate like water on the concrete on a hot summer day. And as you preserve these learnings, the emotions are starting to dissipate more and more until they're all gone. Just let me know when they're all gone. Yeah, it feels good. Awesome. Now keep your eyes closed. Don't open them till I ask. And as you observe the event, tell me, what did you learn from the event? That it it wasn't something that I did. And their response is one that I would have had too, looking back. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't my fault. Mm -hmm. There's the no guilt. Mm -hmm. That's right. Now, as you observe the event, tell me, what is something that you can take from the event into the future with you to make you a better person? That I take in, or I had a habit of taking on things and guilt for things that were outside of my control. And that is not helpful. Mm -hmm. What can you do instead? Hmm. Maybe listen with love, provide support in that way, and then keep boundaries. That's right. Now, just imagine floating up above your timeline and float to the left into the past. Float deeper and deeper and deeper into the past above the dinosaurs during the prehistoric age. <laughs> Let me know when you're above the dinosaurs. I'm there. Awesome. Now, as you're above the dinosaurs, just imagine floating into space. Float deeper and deeper and deeper into space to where space and the atmosphere connects. And imagine your timeline is the size of a fingernail. Let me know when you're there. I'm there. Now, just imagine floating there in space, weightless, and ask yourself now, where are the emotions? Tell me. Are they there or have they disappeared now? They have disappeared. Awesome. Now, just imagine floating down inside the event. Sink to your own eyes as a little baby girl. Be sure to empower that little girl. Empower her. Let her know how awesome she is and all the wonderful things that she will do and how strong she is and that she is able to receive love. And as you preserve these learnings, the emotions are starting to dissipate more and more until they're all gone. Just let me know when they're all gone. They're gone. That's right. What did you learn this time? That I didn't have the words then, but I do now. And I need to use my voice even if other people are bothered by it. Mm -hmm. Is there anything else that you had to say to your parents? Forgiving them for taking on their stuff and allowing that to be theirs to deal with. <laughs> mm -hmm. That's right. Hurt people hurt people, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And we're all doing the best that we can with the resources and consciousness that we have, including your parents. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Now, just imagine floating down inside the event. Sink your own eyes as a little girl and check on the emotions. Tell me, are they there or have they disappeared now? Yeah, they're still gone. Awesome. Float back above the dinosaurs and then float into space to where space and the atmosphere connects. Let me know when you're there. I'm there. Listen closely. Flow very, very high above your timeline, above each and every event in which you felt guilt from birth until now in chronological order. Don't skip one event that has a charge on it. Preserve the learnings and let go of all the guilt all the way back to now. Go. Just like you did with that first event, float above each and every event in which you felt guilt from birth until now in chronological order. And just like you did with that first event, preserve the learnings and let go of all the guilt all the way back to now. Be sure to have empathy and compassion for every single person in the event, including yourself and go to a many, as many events as possible, release as many triggers as possible. And as you preserve these learnings, the emotions are starting to dissipate more and more until they're all gone. Just let me know when they're all gone. Yeah, they're all gone. Awesome. Now, just imagine floating down into your body and open your eyes when you're ready. Welcome back. Weird. <laughs> I have a very vivid imagination and mm -hmm. I'm a visual person. So mm -hmm. it's just kind of interesting to take the time and get a visual. Mm -hmm. Hmm. Yeah, that's so weird. Why is that? 
because I don't ever take the time to go back because it's not safe or it wasn't, <laughs> mm. you know? Mm -hmm. And so then it's blocked. But there's a lot of information there. Mm. What type of information? The inner knowing that you need to hear, like, speak your truth. It's not you. And like, it's not your fault. Mm -hmm. And those are messages that we always want to hear from other people, but it, yeah. like we can say them to ourselves, you know, mm -hmm. wild. Using that <laughs> word again. <laughs> what were some big well, revelations that you had? So, I mean, like it was a revelation to me mm -hmm. that like, I was like, no, no, as, from birth, I've been feeling guilt. <laughs> mm. Mm. Wow. And I don't know that to be true, but I know that like looking back as an adult, I can, s my story has been mm -hmm. like, if I were to tell my story, it's a story of feeling bad since birth. Yeah. So I don't know that like, I really felt bad since birth, but mm -hmm. I would imagine that this happened at a pretty young age of mm -hmm. I'm able to know even pre-verbal that when I'm hurting, it's hurting other people. Right. Because I'm seeing heartbreak. Right. You know, and you pick and, and just being like able to pick up on other people's energy. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, that was definitely communicated to me and not in a manipulative way. Like I'm going to make you feel guilty for no. making me feel this. And I right. think that that was like an, an error message I was mm -hmm. feeling mm -hmm. where it's like, people know that I feel guilty and then they're using it to manipulate me, but that's mm. not true mm -hmm. of everyone. <laughs> Let's have a caveat there. I'm sure some people <laughs> use knowledge for, uh, but even then, even if they are manipulating me, it may be very much their own stuff mm -hmm. and us trying to get our needs met mm -hmm. as people. Mm -hmm. hurt so, people hurt people. Yeah. So it's just so interesting. How did it feel when you were releasing? How did it feel in your body? It's interesting because I wasn't releasing like I, I and I had so many questions for you, like mm. before you're like, are you ready to go? Like <laughs> the anxious person that I am of wanting to ensure safety, I was like, hold on, I need to read this pamphlet about the 747 <laughs> that I'm getting on and I need to know all of the like safety route here. Mm -hmm. But instead of asking questions, I was like, no, just like you're trusting the mm -hmm. pilot here yeah. and <laughs> um, and also trusting the process and mm -hmm. being open to it. Mm -hmm. um, so I wasn't, I, I didn't know, I wanted to ask you like, how, how am I supposed to let it go? <laughs> that was like a brain thing. Yeah. And so then I, my body just did the work yeah. of letting go yeah. and I just felt the letting go. Mm -hmm. You know, and I described everything feeling so tight, but then I knew that I was letting go because it did not feel like that anymore. Yeah, yeah. You know, like in this certain, in, in every single event, like there's a, a, a breath that happens or there's some type of release. There's a, a consciousness shift mm -hmm. where you feel like, oh, that happened because of this. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? These people were just reacting the way that they need to, including myself. Right. Yeah. Even in this process, I was right. trying to save you. Mm. the time yeah. and like I felt guilty for taking your time which was the whole thing we were here for yeah like what <laughs> <laughs> so everyone listening even you know it's not going to be a perfect process speak no. up yes and and that's what I had to do was speak up so now what are the revelations now what are the things that were so prevalent to where you don't feel the emotion with the memory anymore so guilt had has just shown up because it was something that was man forever like and i'll tell everybody i'm 39 years old oh. this has been my way of living life was through guilt mm -hmm. and i'm sure i'm not the only one so mm -hmm. it had really been the lens through which i've seen everything so when i first started thinking i was looking for guilt mm -hmm. i looked at it at, from one way and it was like okay when when i feel like i'm being made to feel guilty oh okay then there's also the times that i feel at fault because it really is something that i did mm -hmm. so i was feeling guilty for things i had zero control over mm -hmm. then i was taking responsibility for things that and then feeling bad mm -hmm. then i was not feeling bad but then feeling bad for not feeling bad <laughs> so mm -hmm. there was 
quite a bit there yeah in relationships friendships mm -hmm. career mm -hmm. all of it so there was a lot there that i was like we'll just get a theme and then we'll just pop out <laughs> But as you instructed, I was like having to go back, redo, but the redo um, wasn't hard. It mm. was easy. Mm -hmm. So that's interesting too. Well, I mean, your mind was already primed for it. Right, right. Um, and you had already, you already saw it was safe as well. Right. And you didn't have anything else to worry about. I told you, don't worry about the time. Don't worry about the kids. Don't worry about anything else. You can just do the process. And mm -hmm. you, and once you did get themes, it's, it's a lot easier when you get themes too, mm -hmm. when you see a common occurrence go, going over and over again, it's something that you can say to yourself to kind of release the emotion out of that memory. Yeah. You know? <clears throat> so I have like clinician questions What's up? for you. What's up? Yeah. So am I, because I feel like you talked about how this gives immediate relief, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. And I'm and I'm feeling that mm -hmm. too. Mm -hmm. But how much of that is dependent upon what like I have a knowledge of my patterns, mm -hmm. I have an, an awareness, I have um and I help other people do this too. So like what about for people who don't do this for a living? Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know? Um, what does their walkthrough look like? Is it different than what you and I did or do, does it usually happen that rapidly? Yeah, that's why I, I, I started the Drop Your Baggage podcast is because yeah. it does happen so fast. It happens so rapidly and it's and it's permanent um, with the, the shift in the consciousness. So it, like I said, if I were to able to, if I were to tell you that you could do years of therapy and years of personal development and have multiple breakthroughs within minutes, a lot of people will say that I'm full of shit. So I began the podcast with you here right now mm -hmm. to show everyone like, hey, nobody's different. Nobody's different. We mm -hmm. all can have those breakthroughs with the with the process. The process right. is undefeated. Right. Yeah. So then what's interesting as I forecast into the future. Yeah. <laughs> people are going to be upset because there are people that say say they do know that they they get something out of the fact that I would feel guilty and lose all my boundaries and do everything for them. Mm -hmm. This is going to disrupt that. Mm -hmm. And so I need to be aware that that might happen. Yeah. Yeah. You got to, and setting healthy boundaries is all it is. Yeah. And also it's about knowing your worth at the end of the day, yeah. knowing your worth. Listen, if somebody doesn't talk to you because you don't feel guilty and that you are setting strong and healthy boundaries and you're doing what's best for yourself, then that's someone that you need to reevaluate your relationship with at the end of right. the day, right. you know? So it's like, yo, I, I know this is what used to happen, but I'm not doing that anymore because I need to take care of myself. And that wasn't mm -hmm. good for me. Mm -hmm. and, and that's a healthy conversation. And if somebody is, if, if some, if your relationship with somebody is that flawed and that brittle to where they can't handle being mm -hmm. told no, then that's honestly, like, like I said, a relationship that you have to reevaluate. Yeah, for sure. For sure. You know, however, I don't think, I don't see you as a, as a person that holds bullshit relationships. So no, therefore, no. that person's going to say good for you. Right, right. But, yeah. but it's interesting because even though, um, I'm just thinking like for people that if I were to suggest this technique to, mm -hmm. A lot of um, relationships in maybe their in their world mm -hmm. would blow up. Yeah, yeah, good. So we're like burning shit down. Yeah, is what is really happening, and yeah. so everyone needs to be aware of that. It's the it's the strengthening. It's the strengthening yeah. of yourself. You could because uh, just because that just because you release uh, one relationship doesn't mean that a better one isn't around the corner. Right. That's the thing. You have to give yourself space for what you truly desire. And if you are giving 100%. your, if you are occupying that space for, um, for with nonsense and with the, mm. the, the BS that you don't want, then yo, you are, you are occupying that space. You are taking yourself away from having that space being filled up by what you desire. So, mm -hmm. so therefore you can't blame anyone else. You, it's, it's like having, you know, it's like, oh, I'm going to a couch, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But you don't get rid of the old futon that you got. 
<laughs> it's like, yo, I got to get rid of the futon in order to make room for the new couch. Right. You feel me? You I don't totally feel have you. Both. You can't have both, in fact. Right. You see? Right. So, right, right, right. yo, like, there's nothing wrong with having a new start. There's nothing wrong. And also, you might be given, uh, and also, there's a there's also an opportunity for someone else to rise to the occasion. So, a mm. relationship might not break apart because someone else grows. Yep. What if that other person rises to the occasion? What if yeah. that other person says, hey, you know what? If you want to be treated like this, then I'll do, go ahead and I'll do my very best mm-hmm. to treat you this way. And get past my own traumas. It happens, you know, get rid of my own trauma too. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. So like there's opportunity, you know, and you can't count out the human spirit. You can't count out love too. Cause Mm. you know, love is the strongest force in the highest, the highest frequency in the universe. So, you know, love it. If you, you at least got to give love a chance. Got to give love a chance. So good. This was Mm. so good, Charles. (laughs) Thanks. And, and you came across my path at such like divine timing Mm -hmm. because like you said with this clearing space i i just um finally let go of my university instructor role literally my last day is this friday oh congratulations i'm making space to do all of the projects that i want to do that light me up that i feel like i'm here on this planet to do yeah and i i need i knew i needed to let go of some some shit yeah you know and and i feel like i really did that today and i'm so thankful that's awesome yo so good yeah, thank you. Thank you for showing up for your divine appointment. So tell me like about this new because this is a big one that you just released. Yeah. Like, tell me, tell us about your mindset now. What is your mindset mm. about the things that happened to, to you in the past and how you can handle them uh, differently in the future? It's like exactly what you were saying. And it's what I say to other people, Yeah. which by not taking my own advice mm-hmm. and essentially by and I and I would on some level. Mm-hmm in in some arenas Mm -hmm. you know but in when it comes to releasing guilt and kind of doing this whole like do as i say but not as i do that communicate was communicating to me like you're worth it to do this work Mm. but i don't think i'm worth it to let go of the guilt right right so and that's obviously bullshit so total bullshit you know and so being able to see that thought for what it is is really freeing Mm -hmm. and to be to have a level of like radical self-acceptance i think Mm -hmm. because there's like self-love and we like talk about it (laughs) and you know and i think especially for women it's like get your nails done and do all of this but like I'm talking about like next level, like clear out your demons mm-hmm. type of <laughs> love here. Yeah, yeah. And that's like the only way I know how to love. Where yeah. I'm like, we're not playing in the shallow end of the pool today, kiddos. Hell nah. Put on your little tank because we're doing some deep diving into the dark here. Mm-hmm. You know, and those mm-hmm. are the conversations that I love having. But um, I need to have them too. Yeah. I need to have them too. And it says nothing about my skill as the dive master here. No. Um, if I am like, oh, well, I don't need that. I'm not too good for that, you know? No. At all. No. I need that. I need that. Yeah, just as much as everybody. I need yeah. it. I need We it. all do. Yo, for real. <clears throat> And the more we're able to say, like, in community of people that we know can can support us with our mission and help yeah. us be a better person, yeah. like, those are the people that I'm allowing onto this space. Yeah. Like, either you show up or you can't hang out here. <laughs> like that's what it's all about you know yeah. what i mean that's really what it's literally all about yeah you know and you... i i learned how to do that in relationships and that's what made that's what makes all of the relationships that i have so good yeah you know yeah and and then even meeting the people through those relationships like mm-hmm. the way you and i met was mm-hmm. through a solid relationship yeah and and so then i can even trust their people Mm-hmm. So it's, again, interesting that the more I am that person and I embody that love, yep. 
the more I get that back. Yep. Of course. Of course. We were just talking about that. We were just talking about that. How, you know, just not living from a place of fear, but living in a place of open heartedness. Yeah. And if you you have an open heart towards everybody, then you will be able to show up. And now mm-hmm. you've shown up and now look at the blessing. And and that's, that's all the blessings that are come your way, especially when you come to somebody authentically, because real yeah. recognize real and respects it 100%. Yeah. Yeah, How yeah, do you yeah, think yeah. that your relationship with your clients is going to change without this guilt? Oh, my gosh. And and so <laughs> old me would have said like, oh, my gosh, I, sh- I feel guilty for not doing this a long time ago. I was probably, mm. you know, and I even said that to you, I think, when we first started talking where I said, baby therapist Michelle was just doing the best that she Great. could with her resources. But imagine. Imagine how I could show up for those people today, mm-hmm. you know, and I can still say that without feeling bad Yeah. because before, if I were to say that it would be this guilt of like, well, maybe I should actually just go back to that job mm. and, and like, and save everybody, you know? Wow. And, and that was where that's, I would go there emotionally, mm-hmm. but now I can still say that like. I know so much more now and I'm excited to see how I can support people, but not in a, I feel bad for not having the tools that I couldn't possibly have had Mm -hmm. at that point in time, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. I'm I'm interested to see what your, um, what your views about codependency will be without the uh, limiting beliefs as well. That's going to be really interesting to see in the update, yo. Holy moly. Yeah. It's dope. That's real dope. Well, and we I was just talking with this with my community because one of the communities that I work with is specific to disability Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. um boundaries. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. so we have this badass boundary community for people with disabilities and there is a level of dependence with disability Mm. physical you know needs Mm. so how do we exist independently acknowledging that we have dependence and that simply comes from recognizing that even people without disabilities need other people yeah a hundred percent yo like i have we all need people like i have a romantic partner like i have friends i have like business partners like i have you know i i mean we need each other we need each other the village yes a hundred percent right so yo it's just (laughs) it all comes back to recognizing how we can take these feelings and distort them so they look like truths like oh but i am dependent because i'm disabled and it's like no you're you're a human yeah and you bring (laughs) value to this relationship yes exactly in spite of maybe needing someone to reach something for you or you know whatever it might be yeah yo so it's having real talk about that that's a very dope way of looking at all of that. You know, it's just to see like, hey, this is a this is a partnership. This is this is an exchange of value from one person to another and mm-hmm. and see a statement of self-worth. Mm-hmm. It's like, hey, I, you know, I bring something to the table in all of this. And I am worth having this relationship. And that person is worth having that relationship with me as well. Right. Yeah. Right. We're both valuable. I love it. Mm. I love it. It's ah! so good. good. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, congratulations, by the way. You are officially a baggage dropper. Oof. I dropped a lot today, folks. <laughs> we need a cleanup crew. Yeah. It's fine. I don't feel guilty about it. <laughs> no, that's right. Hey, please uh, go ahead and give us um, one more word of wisdom before we get up out of here. Ah, uh, I mean, for one, try this with you. I, mean, <laughs> I think that's a good little tidbit here is to um, to be open to the idea that shift happens and mm-hmm. uh, and that shift could be, you know, life changing pretty quickly. Yeah, yeah. And and being open to receive that well, is important. Thank you. So, thank you yes, so much. I yes. appreciate you for showing up for your divine appointment. Thank you for showing up and doing yours because that's exactly what this was, right? Amen. Yes, 100%. Yep. 100%. Good stuff.
<laughs> and thank you guys out there for your attention and your support and you guys are listening especially if you made it this long this far into the podcast i appreciate you and i love you so much and if you are still here please consider hitting the like and subscribe button and if you're on any podcast platform give a brother five stars and some feedback right here on the drop your baggage podcast where we talk to people that are dope that can bring you hope and show you a technique that can help you cope i'm your host the self-talk engineer charles woolfork and our amazing guest dr michelle finan and until next time ladies and gentlemen y'all take care of yourself and take care of one another peace